Hello everyone, this is Kingdom Word Radio and you're welcome. The program right now is Ask Pastor Banky. Yes, if this is your first time joining us, believe me, you're in for a beautiful time. And as Pastor Banky, we get to ask Pastor all sorts of questions. Pastor that range from doctrines, marriage, finances, you know, well, you just need clarification, we get to ask Pastor Banky. And we do have a way of sending these questions. Please send an email to ask at pastor.ng. Ask at pastor.ng. Also, you can follow us on our socials at the KW Radio via Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, the KW Radio. My name is Hope. Today, we actually have a very special edition. This is a special episode because Ask Pastor Banky is not taking its regular route. We're actually asking Pastor Banky questions, but in a different way. All right, so on this episode today, we're actually having a very special one because it is actually from Ask Pastor Banky that took place at Oka Word Seminar. Um, Pastor Banky, of course, as you are well aware, is the founder of Kingdom Word Ministries. And one of Kingdom Word Ministries' mandates is to go from state to state, the environs of where the ministry is headquartered, to have word seminars. And one of such took place in Oka. So, the episode you'll be hearing today is actually that which took place in Oka. the Lord for the word that has um, come our way and for grace and faith that the Lord has released into our hearts. And like we announced um, earlier um, that immediately after these sessions um, the teaching sessions we're going to have um, questions and um, we'll be taking your questions right away. Now it's going to be in this order. Um, if you want to write I think that will be fine so that we know how to appropriate our time with respect to the questions we'll be collecting. Um, if you would want to speak, um, I would like you to indicate. That will also help us know how to uh, manage our time. So if you're writing, you, you should start writing now. And then for those of us who would not want to write for reasons best known to you, you would just indicate and once we take that number, we don't want a situation whereby somebody will ask a question, you now say, okay, uh, I, from that question, do you understand? You now ask the B part of the question, no. So if there are questions that are in your heart that you would want to ask, now based on the um, teachings we had from yesterday up to um, this very morning, would you have the opportunity to ask that question and Pastor Banky is very much around um, to answer. So. How many of us are writing? Please do that quickly. Then for those of us who will be asking um, using the microphone, let me see your hands so that I know how to appropriate the time. You want to use the microphone? Let me see your hands. Okay. Okay. So one person, right? So for those of us who are writing, let's do that quickly. Praise God. All right, Pascal, please help me collect. So once you're through, just raise the paper up. Somebody will help you collect, uh, will help us collect and we just ask the questions. All right. You're writing. Now, please, like Pastor um, announced uh, earlier this morning, that the questions must be centered around what has been taught today, um, with, uh, doctrinal issues, you know. Uh, so please know how to count. 
your questions. All right, so if you're true, just indicate somebody will come and help collect the papers. Okay, sir. All right, so let's um, hear you. Then Pastor would um, come forward and answer. Am I to start? Yes, you are. You have the floor. Praise the Lord. Uh, the question is, um, okay, um, Pastor Hebzeba, Uchenwafo. Um, my question is about what Pastor said about the church. Uh, because I'm a pastor and I'm also a prophet by the gift of God. So in 2022, God showed me the next president of Nigeria. And uh, when people started rooting for other candidates, they asked me to write. Yes, and I wrote. I wrote a complete prophecy that this man you are pursuing is not the will of God for the nation. So when I finished writing, I shared it with a, a pastor. After he read it, the man of God asked me a surprising question. He said, do you love your wife? I said, yes. He said, do you love your children? I said, yes. He said, don't publish this. I said, why? He said, if you publish this, they will, if, they, if they cannot get you, they will get your children. They will get your wife. And uh, my, uh, my mind was made up to publish it. But at a point, that word he spoke started affecting me, and I said, No, it's, let me apply some wisdom. Okay. And I kept it. Now, there's something Pastor said here. Yes, so let's just. That if you put your hand on the plot and look back, you are not worthy of the kingdom. Okay. I became agitated. Okay. And I want to ask Did I, you know, Stepping down on that publication, did I do, have I run back? Have I made that costly mistake? And God, God asked you to publish? Yes, he laid it in my heart to publish. Okay, he laid it in your heart to yes. publish. Okay. Okay. So, I, I'm afraid I've made that costly mistake. My question is, please, if I've made that mistake, how can I correct myself? All right. Praise God. Thank you. All right. Um, son, you... Okay. For those of us who are still writing, let's, um, once you're true, please just indicate somebody would um, come to where you are and take your question. All right, let me answer um, your question. Um, if I heard you correctly, let me just summarize that in 2022, that's, a, that's last year, All right, God told you who is the next president and um, he laid in your heart to publish, right? Uh, and you ran the prophecy through a friend 
a pastor friend and he told you not to do that for the sake of your life. And that really um, shook you a little and you withdrew from publishing. Okay. Um, so you want to know if that's your decision, whether God is pleased. Because of the scripture pastor quoted, mm. well, I believe, uh, yeah, if you listen to when, when uh, uh, Pastor was speaking, I believe he was speaking in context. Uh, but this, your matter has to do with prophecy. Do you understand? Uh, good. So, if God gave you a word and He gave you instruction on how to go about that word, um, and now I'm judging, I'm speaking based on the information you've provided now. Um, like somebody came to a pastor. Please listen to me carefully. And said, God said, I should marry this sister. What do you think? The pastor said, <laughs> I don't think anything. I think you should marry the person God said you should marry. Do you understand? And so if God said you should publish, like you said, God said you should publish, I think you should have published. And that's what I, I agree with you. You can't make a man at this. The result is out. Your relationship with God. <laughs> okay. Your relationship with God. You feel you feel God. It's simple. Once, once you feel God in any area, you go to him and say, the, the, what you told me, I heard, like Pastor was speaking earlier, somebody told you that you are naked. And I believe the report of that person. But now, I've seen my error. Please forgive me. He will forgive you. It's as simple as that. Do you understand? It will forgive you. But you can't publish that in a game because the result is out. Alright. So there's a question here. Can a person have grace more than another person? Can a person have grace more than another person? Praise the Lord. Alright. He said um, can... No, it's good. No, just okay. read them out. Okay. Uh, the first question we have here, sir, rating question is can a person have grace more than another person? Well, before I answer yes or no, I'm wondering why you're asking that kind of question. You want to, are you calculating? The major grace. Grace? Yeah, you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> but you have already said it. Each person that you've answered it by the same measure of grace there. Is there. The Bible says each of us have grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. So depending on whatever you have, you are to exercise that accordingly. Yes, grace differs. Your grace, according to Paul in that Romans chapter, 12. Let's just read it out quickly. Romans chapter 12. Just give me a second to get there. Look at what Paul said in verse 3. For through the grace given to me, so I have my own grace, I say to everyone among you, that's verse 3, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think. Don't think beyond the level of grace you have been given. He said, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. Um, he said, for just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. So your grace, it's obvious, grace differs. And again, also, the measure will differ. I hope you're getting my point. So people have different things that God has given them 
grace to do. So if you have more to do, more grace is given. I hope you're getting my point. And grace is get, given according to that measure of the gift. All right? So we, so we, say we, are, we have gifts that differ according to the grace that is given to us. So that's one thing I want us to bear in mind. It differs. The important thing is that you have enough grace for what you have to do. Now, what people say, maybe I think that's where the person is going, is that sometimes we compare, and that's not necessary. You cannot compare one person's grace with another person's grace when they have different things to do. I hope you're getting my point. There's no need comparing. If your grace is plenty, you have more to do. Your grace is never more than what you require, really. If your grace is more than what you think you require, you are not doing all you are told to do. Did you hear what I say? If it looks like you have more grace than you require, it's because you are not doing everything you are supposed to do. So the person that thinks I don't have much grace, you are not asked to do much. If you ask, as me, if you're a pastor now, and your church has a thousand people, and you are pastoring them effectively, you can't do that all by yourself anyway. But you now need grace to manage other pastors who are with you in that congregation. The person who has a church of 50 people that he's the only pastor there, he has a different kind of grace. You can say that he has less, but that's because he has fewer people to handle. Do you follow my point? So let's get that clear. So can it defy? Yes, but I don't think it's a very... Yeah, okay. Sometimes people say, can I now go and tap more grace from people? That's the one Christians do I don't understand. No, I don't think you can really. Because you don't tap my grace, I'm using it. <laughs> I hope you're getting my point. God, the giver of grace, will give you your own. I beg, leave my own for me. I hope you're getting my point. I really don't think people can inspire you. So sometimes colloquially, we just say things like that you tap grace from this person. Yes, I understand. People can inspire you. Yeah, it has happened to me. I can tell you that this, um, this thing I say, I learned it from this person. This I do, I learned from this person. So, of course, I, don't, I didn't learn much from uh, Rehon Bonke simply because we don't operate along the same line at all. I hope I get my point. I don't organize open-air crusades where, where scores of thousands and maybe hundreds of thousands will gather for me to preach to them Christ as a fresh introduction. No, I talk to Christians and I teach them to build them up in the faith. So I probably would not have learned much mannerisms and way of talking from Rehon Bonke, okay? But I've learned from many other people who minister along this line. So people can inspire, you can learn from people. If that's what you call tapping grace, fine. But please, because you go and touch somebody, doesn't mean you collect grace to do what God did not send you to do. I hope you're getting my point. So sometimes Christians in trying to manipulate and instead of waiting for God, they make that mistake. You see a man is a pastor, so he wants to go and tap grace for, great, for a big church from a man that has a big congregation. That thing is very bad. Everybody has an assignment. Too. The fact that you're passing the church doesn't mean you, your target must be 100,000 100, member, uh, sorry, 100,000 membership uh, no, number, you know, capacity. No, it doesn't have to be. So some, some people, they are following big preachers because one day they want to be like that. I personally think it is out of order. Don't worry, I've, I've been through it you know, at a particular phase in my life. But now I look, I say it's actually out of order, really. 
It's very weird. Look at what the, all the so-called big are the things you can see physically. If somebody has a quality you admire, learn it. If he's teaching the word of God, learn it. One of the people that taught me the most those days, someone like Bishop Oedeko, do you know? God bless him. Even while I used to go to winners, go to his school of ministry and we listen and we taught, I never wanted to be like him. Not because he's bad though, but I just didn't see myself, you know, with this kind of um, ministry. Not a bad ministry. I used to leave everything I had to do, go and sit down there for days, admired him, loved him, you understand, listened to him for hundreds of hours. But in the midst of all of it, I didn't want to be like that. And I told one brother, I said, no, be like, no, I said, no. The people I wanted to be like, in quotes, were people like Kennedy Hagen that ran a Bible training center. I hope you're getting my point. God didn't tell them to start a church. They run a Bible training center. They have students who are now pastors. I said, I like this. I hope you're getting my point. The person I admired the ministry for the structure the most was Kenneth Hagin. Okay? Maybe because that was the kind of thing that I felt God wanted me to do. I don't know. But I just I felt like I, you heard me say it earlier. I don't like people inviting. Their preachers are always going up and down, invitation, invitation. Their booking is full for the year. I consider it a disturbance of my soul. I think I should say three quarters, if not 90% of the invitation I get, I turn down. Ask that man I did that. You just tell me, I said, tell them we're not coming. Tell them we're not coming. Tell them, that's my normal answer. Tell them we're not coming. So you hardly go walk around town. You hardly see my name or face on billboards. It's deliberate. I don't want to go. The few that I go for, I have known them for so long. That anytime they call, I can't refuse. But new people, I had, no, no, please get me. I'm not saying it's bad. Because I consider most of it a distraction. The one I do in any way, I like it. I feel it's my grace. I'm going to. That's the way I see it. The Lord is good. <laughs> All right. Um, there's a second question here, sir. Please, sir. Is it right for a priest to be involved in politics? Is it um, right for it, a priest? Pastor, clergyman to be involved. Is it in Marco? Is it a Benue state? They have them a lot in that axis. Middle Belt, Taraba, Reverend Jolene Yame used to be their governor. Now the new uh, elected, newly elected governor of um, Benue is a is a, rever- is a priest, Catholic priest, and they say he doesn't need the first lady to be a good governor. He had better not need the first lady. Because the priest, the Catholic priest, and the church has currently suspended his priesthood while he's going to be a governor. The church told him not to do it. He said he's going to do it anyway. So they suspended him from priesthood for now. I think um, they will take him back later. Now, his, if that's the question you're asking, I'm sorry I cannot answer it. I can't. Because what I'm saying so is that I don't know what is going on in their lives or how they got into priesthood in the first place or what God wanted you to do. I really don't know. And I mean it like that. I, I can't comment on it. However, if you're a preacher, once you're involved in politics, just know you cannot continue to preach to everybody. In that sense, for example, if you're a prophet, once you join a party, your prophet is no longer credible. Your prophecy is no longer credible. See, 
assuming that I'm a prophet, I joined Labour Party this last election. No matter what I say, it is wrong. Nobody in APC will listen. Nobody in PDP will listen. Even if I went to God, talk direct. Even me, by the time I finish hearing God, I will hear him wrongly. The fact that God is talking to you doesn't mean you are hearing correctly. Okay, I'll be talking to you like this, be hearing Satan. I'm telling you, I don't have time to be teaching on that now. But it's very possible. The Lord will be saying something, you'll be hearing something else. Once you come down with the party spirit. So generally, if you want to minister to people, you really cannot be partisan. Now, I won't say you cannot be involved in politics in any way. Let me explain what I'm going to say. Is, uh, was Daniel involved in politics? You know, it's, it's a certain way. He was a public administrator appointed by the king. So he's in governance. All right? Was Joseph involved in politics in some way? The answer again, some will say no, some will say yes, but we all agree that he was in public administration, was in public office. Now, but Daniel was not the kind of uh, prophet you and I, what, that the Bible, in fact, the Jews don't call him a prophet. I hope you know that. If you don't know, the Jewish Bible, the book of Daniel is not one of the prophets. It's one of the writings. They, they put it with Esther. Esther, Daniel, they are in one group. What they call is it the Ketuvim or so. Right? The, the prophets are former prophets and latter prophets. And Samuel is one of the former prophets. And latter prophets, what they call Isaiah, Jeremiah, um, Ezekiel, uh, Daniel, and sorry, I would draw Daniel. Uh, Zechariah, Haggai, Zephaniah, Micah, and all of that. Uh -huh. All those ones, they are the ones they call the latter prophets. They know what they call minor and major, the way we Christians call them. And minor and major is just the volume of their book. But they have the latter and the former. Daniel is neither the, a former or a latter prophet. It's we Christians are taken as a prophet because of the things that he said. Okay? Now, where I'm going is that, yes, you can be involved. Like if you are, if, if you are a minister, depends on the kind of ministry you are running. Now, Pastor Brian, can you involve in politics? No, I can't be. Neither politics nor public administration, I can't be. That's just me. But if generally, as somebody who do ministry, can you do politics at all? The answer is mm, yes. Yes. But I'm saying, the, see, see how long it took me to pronounce the yes? I've been pronouncing it since yesterday. <laughs> it took me a while to pronounce the yes. I would have to look at it on each, you know, um, uh, each personality and circumstances around each person. I think I can leave it like that, okay? Mm -hmm. So as for the Benue gov governor, I don't know, I don't know Buko, I don't know anything about him. That's the new Benue governor. It's the Reverend Father, he resigned. He didn't resign, he's on suspension from priesthood for now, or on leave from priesthood, while he's going to be governor for the next four years. All right, thank uh -huh. you, sir. Um, we have another question here. Say, so my name is Son of God, George from Onicha. Your name is what? Son, <laughs> Son of God. Son of George. God. That's a good name. From Onicha. You say, why is it that in Kingdom World Ministries, when praying, they don't speak in tongues while praying as regards to 1 Corinthians 4, verse 2 to 4? So you are, you are monitoring Kingdom World. How do you know? <laughs> Number one. <laughs> Is that question done? Yeah, that's, that's that question is totally inaccurate. 
Do you, do you think if you pass microphone or person to person, how do you know they are not praying in tongues there? But why don't I do that loudly? Okay, if I need to do, I'll pull it out because it's not supposed to be a public show. That's true. And I think what we do in Christianity is a lot of embarrassment. Somebody tune into, you think all of you are crazy? That's the latest addition. Let me just say, when you are praying publicly, you must pray in the language everybody understands. That is the rule. If you are doing public prayer, it should be in a language everybody understands. Things should be done decently and in order. If you want to pray in a language I don't understand, if you are speaking to God, don't disturb me with it. How be it in the spirit, he does what? He speaks what? To whom? To God. If you want to speak mysteries, you don't speak it into a mic and broadcast it to people who don't understand it. When you are going to do that, public, public speaking of tongues is primarily meant to be messages, which Paul said, check first whether there's an interpreter. Some people have that gift they can interpret. So check. If there's someone that will be able to interpret, go ahead. If nobody will interpret, then leave it. He said, I would rather speak in the assembly a word that you can understand than ten words in other tongues. That's the rule. Praying in tongues is not a problem, but it's personal. Okay? So if you say when we are leading prayer, we don't do that. Yes, as a rule, we don't. If it does it, we'll, put, we'll bench him. Apostle, you are, you are the one I'm talking about. <laughs> But if you want to give a message in other tongues, yes, as it's public, it's correct, it's right, then it has, it has to be interpreted. I hope you're getting my point. Uh -huh. the, the, the church has a lot of cacophony going on. That new one they are doing now, please, don't mind them. They want to groan for two hours and you video it and put it on YouTube. I don't think all of you are okay. Yeah, I really think you're, you're not okay. You, I, I, I've watched a few of their videos. I said they are bragging on nonsense. I'm going to put it like that. I like to just shock people into, you know, sometimes you just take faith, you use it to drive you all the common sense that God gave to you to be able to relate with life. Do people grow in the spirit? Yes. Do we video it and put it on YouTube? No. What am I supposed to watch? You say, watch Pastor Kimothy grown for five hours. And they will video it for five hours. The guy will be there doing, and I'm supposed to watch it. What do I look like? Apostle, when you want to groan, I beg, groan in your house, you hear? <laughs> Please, the things that we do publicly should edify everybody. Yeah. That's the rule. So when we pray, in, in, if you see, if you read your Bible, when they pray, the things they said are written, and we are learning from them till today. They could understand. And David raised his hands and said, and Peter said, and you see what Peter said, you see all those, Peter used to pray in tongues in private, Paul did, but you see Paul say, I bow my knee, he will tell you what he says in the bowing of his knees. So when we pray all publicly, we educate each other in how to pray, apart from the fact that we are praying in agreement. When we are praying, we have to be in agreement. You can't be speaking tongues I don't understand, and me and you are praying in agreement. How can we be? You speak your own, I speak my own, all of us are using it.
Thank you.